Welcome to the first episode of Unit Leader 101. I am so excited to get started for today. We have a great guest speaker that is going to talk to us all about their experience as a new leader. So today's episode is with Andrea and she was a new leader last year and she's going to tell us all about her experiences and some tips and tricks that you can follow. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast app of choice. Episodes will come out every Sunday to give you more tips and tricks for your week ahead. And if you want to be a guest interviewer on the podcast, send me a message. I would love to hear from you. Now let's get started with our first interview. Perfect. So thanks so much for joining me. If you just want to take a minute, can you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about your guiding background? Yeah, no problem. Um, Hi, my name's Andrea. I am a Ember leader with uh, Seventh Chilliwack Embers way out here on the smoky west coast in BC. Um, I started actually I was a girl I was a guide and a pathfinder way back in my younger years we're going back to the mid 90s here um, and I had such a great time with it and then you know adult life happened and then I finally had a daughter and I decided to get her enrolled and uh, got roped right back into it uh, to help out as a parent so I'm having a great time my daughter's having a great time and I've, I've finished my first year as a leader and now I'm jumping in and I'm going to be doing embers and guides next year, starting in September. That is awesome. And so happy that you joined back with your daughter and you're having as much a good time as you did as a girl. Um, you were, so you were a new leader last year with an ember unit. And so I would like to chat about that new leader experience. So what were some things that you wish you had known? As a new leader coming in, what are some tips and tricks you have for new leaders coming in and joining us? Um, I think now this is going to be more geared towards the existing leaders, uh, but I but it also Im- impacts the the new leaders themselves. But having somebody to mentor or having somebody to point you in the right direction. So, for example, uh, member zone, right? There is so much information available on there and nobody even really mentioned it existed. Um, It was basically, I think I found it in an email from National. And um, just being able to have somebody to to help you say, okay, you know, if you need to find training, if you need to find forms, if you need to find the, the, the entire handbook on like how to be a leader or how to run a meeting, it's all there between members on in the platform, but I had nobody to really point me in the right direction. And I only found it because well, I work on a computer all day, so I'm kind of, that's what I do. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, if, if you to somebody like a mentor or having somebody to step up and just kind of show you the ropes or be there for the technical questions would, would be huge. Absolutely. I think if you get into it, you almost forget what the, um, what it's like as a new leader, because you just know where to find those stuff or you just, yeah, I think some of us, some leaders get so used to just the way things are done. So that's definitely great advice. What other advice would you have for a new leader just joining us? Another kind of 
um, in including the existing leader kind of topic is uh, knowing your role in the unit. Um, so having that conversation when you come in, it's like, okay, are you leading programming? Are you helping with a craft? Are you going to, you know, just be there for ratio? Are you like, um, give you giving a background. Uh, my, I actually managed to wrangle my mom in to be a unit assistant this last year at, towards the end of the year. She's actually working on becoming a full guider now too. Um, but a comment she had to me after like the first meeting and I feel really bad about this is it's like, I don't know what to do. What, what am I, what am I do? Like, what do you want me to do? And it's like, that's right. You know, what do we want you to do? So, um, it could be, you need somebody one-on-one -on -one with particular girls to help them out with maybe crafts or just to, to, to kind of be present there. Um, like, so for example, we had a try now join later girl, uh, who was actually spark age come up to our Ember unit at the end of the year. Um, and of course she's really shy. She's really quiet. She, you know, doesn't necessarily have the scissor skills. So that's what my mom was doing as a unit assistant was kind of, you know, helping her, um, kind of one-on-one -on -one where the other girls were able to be a little bit more on their own. So just knowing what you're going to be expected to do helps a lot with the anxiety and um, just, you know, because the new members, whether they're members or unit assistants, they, they want to help, but we need to make sure that we're giving them that instruction. So it takes a little bit of the pressure off for them to try to figure it out on their own without having all that instruction and all that member's own background available. Absolutely. And I'm sure, it, did you feel the same way on your first couple of meetings with your guiders? Like you just didn't know? Oh, ab absolutely. And I actually also started as a unit assistant. I uh, signed up at the end of my daughter's last year of Sparks, um, just, you know, with maybe like a month or two left and then rolled up as a unit assistant into the Ember unit and then went through the new member process. So because of the timing, I actually also missed out on a lot of the notifications and information that comes out from national. So that's the other big thing is like, um, like I'm in BC and we use something out here called EPAC for all of our health forms. I had no access to yeah. it for the entire year uh, because I didn't start as a leader. Um, so and I didn't know I was supposed to have access to it because that's one of those things that get missed. So, yeah. One of the other things um, you mentioned when I posted my question on Facebook was planning for behavior issues. So can you talk, a, and I actually did an interview yesterday with a girl that uh, talked about behavior strategies and modifications. So it, like this fits in perfectly. So can you talk a little bit about that and how you manage that within your unit? As we all know, children come in a diverse range of skills and abilities and temperaments and behaviors. And because we are open and inclusive, you know, you, you're going to have lots of different girls in your units. And of course, again, doing being a new member, you don't necessarily have the rapport with the girls. You don't know offhand the backgrounds, the behaviors. So we have a couple of different girls that need a little bit more help than some of the others and you know for example one may get overstimulated and how do you deal with that somebody who's maybe more nonverbal, how do you encourage them to participate so having a plan with your leaders with how do you deal with these issues when they arise so we didn't have that last year and it was kind of trial by fire for me I'm trying to figure out well how do I work with this girl and some situations ended up being a little bit more um explosive than others and so you know by the end of the year we finally figured it out but and it's also important to have a communication with the parents 
make sure that they've let you know, like, hey, you know, this is what my girl needs for, you know, if she gets upset, this is how you deal with it. Or so. And of course, we have to remember, we're all volunteers, right? And some may be fortunate to have that ECE or childcare background where they've got the training and the skills to, to work in this kind of environment, like that type of challenges. Most of us don't. And that's something the parents, I think, need to remember as well, is that we're doing our best, but we're not necessarily trained. So by working together, we need, you know, come up with a plan. So for example, we have one girl coming into the next year that, you know, when, when X happens, we're going to do this, you know, we're going to give her a quiet space or we're going to, you know, and, and now we have a plan as a team to deal with that. Another uh, suggestion that I saw online that we're working on for um, our embers and my guide units is a fidget box, basically some unit materials, poppers, you know, quiet, <laughs> quiet fidgets that they can, if they don't bring their own, because some of them do, that if they need to calm down, um, that they can just play with something and then we take it back at the end, sterilize it and have it ready for the next week. So, you know, as somebody who doesn't have the, the skills and the training, these are some of the ideas that we're coming up with to, to work with the, the, the girls that need a little bit more attention. I love the fidget box idea. That is so fun. I might have to do that. I got it off Facebook. Somebody mentioned it. and Yeah, that's awesome. Um, for your unit this year, you said it's, are you doing embers and guides separately or are you doing a multi-unit? Separately. Yes, I'm doing separate. I'm Tuesdays are guides and Thursdays are, are embers. And uh, it was that or we had no guides. So you are a superhero. Uh, yeah, well, I'm a little <laughs> bit of an exception to the rule, but <laughs> I also in the pack chair for my daughter's school. Um, you just, sometimes we as moms just have to do it just to make it work, right? Otherwise, they don't have it. Yeah, and I know this is a little this is a little off topic, but I think one of the things that we've I've really noticed in the last year, and this this extends beyond guiding. This is girl guides. This is scouts. This is the the schools. Right? Is that since the pandemic, there there are no volunteers. We are stretched thin. People are more than happy to put their children into the activities, but there's really been a um, implosion on, I think, on the households, on coming back in inside the house and, and, and not venturing out as much, you know, that your family time, your personal time has become so much more important. But the volunteerism really seems to have dropped off. Um, I, like I said, we, we've struggled. We, we, we made it work. We got our guide unit um, open. We have another, another unit assistant who's going full leader to help us out. Um, but I mean, I know from speaking with, with somebody in scouting that they almost had to close their unit uh, for Cubs because the, the leaders are just not there. So that's and then again, that I think that comes back to getting that support for the for the members that are coming up for the new the new leaders, the new unit assistants that are coming in, remembering that we are all volunteers and we need that support, I think is really going to help with retention because we're, we're few and far between now. And it makes a difference. It's so true. It's so, you just, you want to keep your unit going and you're like, well, you say to the parents, you're like, well, if I don't have somebody volunteer, like, I'm sorry, your child's activities is going to be shut down. And it's such a hard thing to do. Um, and I, I love that you're getting so many unit assistants that are turning to full guiders. That's such an amazing resource that you've been able to have for your team. And congrats to you guys on that, because that's not always the case. Well, with in my mom's case, it was. Um, 
oh, in, in my mom's situation, I was, I was easy to convince her to go full member because I'm like, look, you get access to member zone. You get access to the platform. You get pins, you get crests, you get all this fun stuff. Come on, you know, just, it's, you know, just, just do it. <laughs> you get more resources. Yeah. Just come. What about, did you do any big events with your group last year? Do you have any advice on doing events with your unit as a new leader? Yes. Um, okay. So last year, um, now, obviously, we, you know, the last couple of years have been sort of a slow ramp back up. You know, we had a couple of years where nothing could happen. Um, so I think really last year was, was the first one where the big events started to happen again. In our area, we have something called Rally in the Valley. It's a huge trading event that we put, that the area puts on in, uh, in May. Now, uh, Comparison for Ontario, uh, your communities, right? So we have districts and areas. And I think you guys have area uh, communities out there. So a little bit of a different structure, I yes, think. Yes, we have communities. I, I don't understand why there's a difference. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, so our our area puts on this big event and it's traders and, and uh, activities. And it's it was huge. Like I think we had like 2,000 girls, which was like the first big event. Uh, and of course, this was in May. Um, now, all the other little events, we have camp events um, that are put on by province or by area. We've got our own unit camps. And and unfortunately, a lot of this stuff didn't get planned or you know planned at a unit level until like last minute. So I think this last year we booked, planned and uh, did our unit camp in six weeks. Because we had we had other events happening, and and the and the leadership just wasn't available to do the planning. Um, so as a as a first year Ember leader, I basically took on platform like the the programming for that camp. Uh, we did a space camp. It was so much fun. I made meringues like uh, meringue cookies uh, as astronaut ice cream for all the girls. I think we knocked off twenty six platform activities that weekend for the girls. To try to knock out badges because it was so we did this end like april 28th like end of the year we've got second year girls who need to finish badges so you know just trying to but we when we did this in like six weeks one of the things that i really pushed for this summer especially now that i'm doing two units is we need to know what we're doing throughout the year ahead of time and this is going to be beneficial for the leaders this is going to be beneficial for the parents because you know when you start getting into the spring you start competing with sports and other you know dance and and, and other events um so we we know when the rally in the valley is going to happen in may we we know when some of the other big district events are uh, like cookie day that's a big one because we do like a cookie blitz where our girls will volunteer to their time on a saturday uh, at a storefront and when you have these kind of extra events you don't want to double up on the your unit events as well because your parents get a bit of a fatigue so by having this calendar in, in advance, we now know, okay, we've got cookie day, we've got a sleepover, we've got camp, we've got rally, we've got the district, like camp skills day, and they're all planned out, and they're all spaced out. And so we can go at the start of the year saying, here's our calendar. Uh, it's also really important because some of our leaders take vacation or have work trips like i'm gone part of september and january we have another leader who's going to be gone on another like so knowing when you're going to be short 
and, and that's the other thing by planning your events now your leaders can plan their vacations or their trips and then you can make sure that you have coverage for ratios so you're not canceling a meeting last minute because people are gone um same thing with my guide unit we've got a all of that, with the exception of one camp in the spring, everything's planned out. So now we just fit program around it. That's awesome. Because that also helps with leader burnout as well. Like you're not trying to do everything at once. And all of a sudden yeah. you're like, I'm done because I just tried to do a whole bunch of programming all at once. You have the ability to, you already know what your camp is in the spring. You can slowly start planning and organizing for it. That is great advice to sort of plan out your year. Because I know sometimes... Yeah. Um, we, I do the same thing with our unit. We sort of know, and we give the parents the heads up in advance that these are our dates that are going to fall outside of our normal meeting dates. Um, the, mm -hmm. um, other thing is, do you, uh, this is just a random question. Do you use the big ideas calendar that national puts out? I've seen it. We didn't use it. And the only reason we didn't use it was because we didn't really incorporate it early on. So again, because we were, it was really a, like a ramp up year, right? And Embers is only two years. Yep. So if you want to finish programming, you have to kind of, you, you need those full two years for the girls to have a chance to do everything. So for us, we had basically like once I got up to speed and took over using the platform because because it is technology. And that's the other thing is making sure that you've got somebody skilled and knowledgeable to lend a hand on here's how you navigate the platform. Here's how, like, yes, there's online trainings, which are great, but some, some of the leaders are gonna need a little bit of an extra help on that. But in order to you know take advantage of the program, we, we just didn't, what they were offering in the big ideas didn't really line up what we were doing. Like, as we were doing our science and technology sort of at a different time to line up with our camp. And um, it's something I'm, we're going to look at coming up for the next year to see how it lines up with what we want to do since we're starting from the beginning. Yeah, our planning meeting for Embers back in August, September did not yeah. go far enough <laughs> into the year to really uh, plan it effectively. I have my planning meeting with my group tonight. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. What would your advice be for your meeting and your activities during meeting? And then what was your favorite activity you did with the Embers last year? Uh, so as far as uh, advice for the meetings themselves, I've seen a lot of discussion online from other leaders looking for advice and um, kind of, how, because the program now is very open, right? It's not as regimented. It's not as X skill badge, right? Like so that because they've really opened it up and it's more interpretive for the leaders. Um, I really like the sort of recommendation or the rule of thumb of about 15 minutes per activity, right? You do something for 15 minutes that counts as one of those activity credits towards badges. And I think that's a really good way to break out your meetings as well is to look at sort of 10 to 15 minute increments of activities and then to change those activity styles up throughout the meeting because you know for spark age for ember age girls it's it is a bit of a challenge to get them to sit still for very long and if you are going to do something a quiet activity or an, something where they need to focus then switching it up and and then in your next 15 minute block or shortly thereafter doing something active some kind of game that gets them up and moving or some song something to change up the activity style really helps refocus them and uh, get their attention back because if you don't, you will lose the girls. <laughs> they will um, just 
stop doing whatever it is they're doing. And even the activities themselves need to be short. Uh, so if you can't complete something in 15 to 30 minutes, it might not really, it, it's not, I don't think it's age appropriate for embers. I mean, un unless you have a bunch of second year girls, maybe that might work, but, and, and again, that's getting to know your, your girls, but sticking with that 15 minute rule, I think really helps accomplish programming and keep them busy. And then as far as um, what we did last year, I mean, I'm a little biased on this, but I think my favorite meeting was um, I did a 3D printing demo for the girls. Um, so you can actually see that's my what? printer that's right so there. Cool. Yeah. So I have a 3D printer and I wheeled this into the meeting and I had it set up to do a print. I had something that printed in an hour. Um, and what we, I did was I brought in my computer and a projector and I showed them 3D modeling. And then we talked, we did a discussion about what kinds of things could be 3D printed. Blew their mind when I said you could 3D print a house. Um, and then I got uh, the little pens that you can get on Amazon that uh, you can use to make 3D, like with the filament, little designs and shapes and stuff. Yeah. So that was the activity. So they there was the discussion, there was a demonstration, and then there was a hands-on activity. And I, I swear, all the girls were just so focused. It was, they loved it. Um, so I, and it's just finding, finding what the girls are interested in. Like they love the science and technology stuff. So they just had a great time doing something that like this. That is so cool. I am so going to look into doing that with my unit this year. That, oh my God, that excites me. I want to come out and see that meeting. That is so cool. Yeah, I'm hoping to um, I'm hoping to kind of do it as a as a traveling demo too for the district. Uh, so, for example, we did it with Embers, right? So, I'm thinking maybe Pathfinders would be kind of the next unit up that I would want to do a, a obviously a higher level uh, demo with. You know, so just to bounce it around because yeah, it's it's something fun. And I think having somebody, if you have leaders in the district that have certain skills. And having them be able to travel to the different units to to do like a a demonstration or or, or a, a special event type of meeting is also really fun, and it helps to you know make your leaders feel involved and in appreciated for showing their skills. That is great advice. It's like an adult show and tell, like just go in and share your knowledge with everyone else. Yeah. Just to wrap up our conversation, what advice would you have? What would your lasting advice be for somebody uh, joining as a new leader? I mean, have fun. Um, definitely have, have fun with it. I mean, it is what you can do as a leader is so vast, right? So don't get overwhelmed with the possibilities. Um, if you only want to prep crafts for a meeting, then prep crafts. If you want to jump in and, and lead programming, do that. If you just want to do camp, if you just want to do um, extra events, you know, you don't have to go all the way in. Focus on something that you're interested in and bring that to the table and go from there. As you get more experienced, as you get you know, more involved, as you get to know the other leaders in the district, there will be other opportunities, committees and meetings and stuff that you could become involved in, but don't be overwhelmed and think that you have to do everything right off the bat because we're way better off with a bunch of part-time volunteers who are happy to be there than one or two burnt out, overworked parents. 
That is a great way to sum it up. And that is such good advice. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Yeah, thank you. And that wraps up our first episode of Unit Leader 101. Thank you so much for joining us today. And a huge shout out to Andrea. Thank you so much for being our first guest. If you like what you hear, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And we will see you again next Sunday when we talk to Callie about yellow level activities and behaviors in our units. And don't forget to share and be a good friend.